most of my episodes by this point have talked on health and wellness and different aspects of that. This one, of course, is no different. But today I got to talk with Rebecca, who has the best heart. I loved getting to know her. But one of the things that we did talk about was miscarriages. So this is kind of a heavier topic. Of course, we don't go into details. um, But it is something that's not talked about as often. And, you know, there are women in our lives that you may not know that have struggled with infertility or miscarriages, or you yourself have struggled with these things. So I kind of want to put that out there. So this is a this is a sensitive topic, uh, kind of a warning before you listen to it. But I am very excited because she did go into her journey, but it was also a hopeful journey. And that's kind of why I do these health and wellness things is because, of course, I believe that a lot of the things that we put in and on our body are so important. And those affect not only just our overall health, but also can affect our hormones and also fertility and how we carry our babies. And this isn't to say that those who struggle with that you are, you know, doing, you are causing your body to miscarry uh, because I think that there are some people we talk, we go into talking about the Bible and how there are some women that are just barren. So that's a whole different topic. But I am so excited for you guys to hear like her heart and kind of her journey and also what she started due to her infertility and miscarriages. Like I had said at the beginning of this, we dived into a little bit of the biblical aspects of how women were barren. Um, and so I do, again, want to say that that sometimes women who do struggle with infertility, it is not, you can have the most healthy, low toxic life and still struggle with that. And again, God's in control. On the other side, we do have a responsibility because our temples or our bodies are temples to the Lord. We have a responsibility to take care of ourselves and know what we're putting in and on our bodies. And I absolutely love like the things that she went into about her business and like things like tinctures and the sheepskins, just different things that we see is becoming more and more uh, of a norm or accepted because our culture is kind of waking up to the toxins and how we're being poisoned and fed these things by big pharma, by the government. And so we're kind of going back to, you know, what our grandparents did, what our great-grandparents did way back when we didn't have the industrial things that we do now. So now you're going to be seeing more homesteading, more going back to biblical feminism, going back to, you know, living off of the land and creating medicine from herbs, which is what we have done for thousands upon thousands of years. And this modern medicine is very new. 
and these old remedies clearly work and are better for our bodies. And so us turning to modern medicine for every single ailment is not the best. But I was very happy that she went into the tinctures because like I had said in the podcast, like I absolutely love that. Something that our family's doing. Again, I could talk about this forever, but I was really blessed to have her on my podcast and just hear her heart about things. Okay, so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, um, talk about your family, how you met your husband, how long you guys have been married. I am Becca, and I usually go by Becca, Rebecca, if I'm in trouble, (laughs) or if you're my mom. (laughs) Um, I am married to my husband, Johnny, and we have two kids on this side of heaven, um, Astra, our daughter, who's three, and Zane, our son, who's one and a half. Um, Johnny and I met in December of 2014. We were babies i had just moved (laughs) back from the philippines and johnny had just moved from germany to the states for college but spoiler alert he never went to college he ended up marrying me um yeah neither of us wanted to be at the party we were most interested in having like deep conversations that we could talk to people about our life experiences and most people at the party were just interested in you know getting together and I don't know getting in relationships with each other so um ironically that's what we ended up doing too but a friend at the party was kind of upset with me and she didn't really want to talk with me so she like sat down and then she was like Becca do you know Johnny he lived in Germany Johnny, this is Becca. She just moved back from the Philippines. And she, like, got up and walked away. And we ended up talking the rest of the night um, about our experiences. My husband was born in Hungary, and then he was raised in Germany. His parents are American and Canadian. Um, So he had a lot of life experience, and I had a lot of life experience. And we just hit it off. So we've been married five years come as of February um, of this last February. So, yeah, it's been beautiful. Aww. Um, That's so funny. We actually, me and my husband also got married in February, but we are three years, so. (laughs) Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. How long did you guys date before you got married? Oh, that was an experience. Um, (laughs) We, like, dated and broke up probably five or six times. Oh, wow. um, During our whole experience, we both had a lot of things to work through. Um, A lot of, like, manipulation and control on my part and a lot of um, the same on Johnny's part. So we dated, started dating in 2015 and then got married in... 2018 so but we broke up a lot in between okay okay so I know you had mentioned you have two kids this side of heaven um and I know this kind of plays into what I want to talk about with your shop and stuff um so I think yeah just like kind of like where you got started with your shop and kind of like how your um loss had played into that Yeah, um, we officially opened our shop in August, 
of 2022. Um, so we're coming up on a year, which is crazy. Um, our shop's name is Wild Oaks Apothecary and named after the third baby that we lost. Um, we named that third baby Oaks and um, thought it would be a fitting tribute because I started a lot of this health journey during our miscarriages. So we got married in 2018 and then decided we wanted to start having kids like immediately. And so got pregnant the next month, um, took a trip over to the Philippines and on our way, um, as we were landing in China, I started cramping. I was five weeks pregnant. Um, I didn't know what was going on. I had heard about miscarriages, but had never like thought that that could happen to me and ended up laboring on the floor of the Shanghai airport for six hours. Um, and then miscarried, didn't fully know. I still expected that I was pregnant. So we got up off the floor and walked 12 miles that day around the city and then came back to the airport and went on our trip. I kept getting negative pregnancy tests and um, then we kind of, it dawned on us that we were not pregnant anymore. Um, and then fast forward to a month later, we got pregnant and um, started our move journey. We landed in Germany and as we were landing, I started miscarrying. I was 11 weeks and that time I nearly died. I was hemorrhaging and I didn't realize it till later, but we um, were thankful. We were traveling with our dog and we had a lot of his puppy pads and we got to protect the rental car and um, we just drove straight to Johnny's parents' house. It was a six hour drive and I was in and out of consciousness and I just wanted to make it um, around family. It didn't even cross our mind to go to the hospital. I just wanted to be by family. Um, my husband thought he was losing me a couple times on that ride. It was very traumatic. And then um, we got pregnant a couple months later. We were like, this is it. Um, this is the baby. And then we, I was 18 weeks when we lost that baby. And turns out baby had stopped developing around 13 weeks. So, um, yeah, I chose to birth at home. And my midwife came and supervised before and after the birth. And... Um, it was a really beautiful but heartbreaking experience. And we named that baby Oaks um, based on my life passage in the Bible, Isaiah 61. Um, and then later that year, we ended up having our daughter Asher um, full term. And then we have our son Jane now. Um, he was also born full term. So, yeah, that kind of launched us into this whole journey with health and wellness and fertility and eventually led to us starting our shop. Wow. I, I'm really sorry for your losses. And I think, yeah. you know... It's not, I haven't had many women on this podcast that have talked about that. And I think, you know, I, I feel like we're talking more and more about it, but it's still right. not as talked about. Um, and a lot of times women, you know, will go through miscarriages and they, you know, feel very alone and, you know, maybe don't have a great support system or don't know what they're going right. through. So, yeah. 
yeah. Okay, so I do, from that you said, you know, uh, you kind of started, that started your health and wellness. So, like, at what point were you like, oh, some things maybe need to change? Or, like, you know, had you always kind of been toxic-free? Or were you kind of living, like, not where you wanted to be? Um, I grew up going to Bath and Body Works a couple times a year, and Sweet Tea Perfume from Bath and Body Works is my jam. Yes. Um, I always used their body sprays and lotion and lip glasses, and we ate canola oil at home, and my mom was more health conscious than most. Um, we got, like, junk food on New Year's Eve, and that was, like, our special treat, but... Um, I always had a love for plants and I always had a love for nature. I was always in dirt as a kid. My mom would have to like strip off my church clothes before I <laughs> would go play in the mud. <laughs> so I always had that fascination with nature, but um, it didn't really hit me until I lived in the Philippines. I lived there when I was 18 and I started having some pretty big health struggles um, in and out of the hospital and testing and had migraines every other day and we couldn't figure out what was going on. Um, I was miserable and that kind of started me looking into like ingredients in the foods that I was eating. I had never considered looking at the ingredients label, but just look at the nutrition facts for calories and fat and stuff. Um, yeah, and then after our second loss um, was when things kind of I got a little bit more serious about what I was putting on my body and in my body and so I went from just being aware of food ingredients to then being aware of like plastics and hormone disruptors um, the clothes that I was wearing um, so probably that summer of 2018 was when things kind of shifted for me wow yeah, I think, you know, it's crazy how many, you know, people I've talked to that don't realize, like, it, a lot, I know a lot of people that struggle with infertility or, you know, have had several miscarriages, and, like, looking at how they live, like, the amount of things, toxins yeah. that it are in their home that they don't even realize, or, like, you know, even you had mentioned our clothing, and that is the yeah. conversation that, like, and re more research that I have done recently, like, oh, shoot, like, the amount of clothing that we have in our mm -hmm. homes, that's actually toxic. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a study not long ago about how polyester was used to, like, make mice sterile wow. and polyester is like in so many clothing items that it's almost hard to avoid you have to be intentional about avoiding it but it was like used for making mice um be sterile and infertile which i think is wild that is crazy yeah so okay you you said you run a shop so how is running a shop with your two little ones <laughs> I am still figuring it out fully, <laughs> but we grew out of our home and we just moved into a little shop space that's like a seven minute walk from our house. And it is so nice to have work and home life separate now yeah. where I just walk to the shop. I do work for a couple hours and make items and stock the shelves. And then I walk back home and I get to leave work at home and it's been so nice 
Um, but before that, I was just having my husband um, watch the kids for a little bit while I did customer service and worked on shop stuff. Or if he was working at the time, then I would be rendering tallow and have a baby on my hip and one of my feet. Um, so it was a learning curve for sure. But now it's, I feel like it's more natural to leave work here at the shop and be able to go home and be fully there with my kids. Yes. And I follow your shop on Instagram. And I, once you guys moved in, I was obsessed. Like, those are like literal goals. Like, I have my own <laughs> shop. And, you know, maybe eventually one day that is like the point at where we'll be. But yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's been so fun to decorate it and make it an apothecary and just have it out of our house. It's been so nice. Yeah. Okay. So you had mentioned tallow, and I. I don't know if I've really talked to anybody about this. Um, so I kind of want to know, like, or have you explained, like, what tallow is and, like, some of the benefits of it? Um, it is beef fat. We had a meeting with our business banking account here, and he was like, what do you sell? And I was like, tallow. And I was like, what is tallow? I was like, it's fat. It's beef fat. It's fat from a cow <laughs> <laughs> that I slather on my skin and sell to customers. Um but I use the tallow from around the organs of the cow and I um, source it here in Wisconsin from farmers within a couple hours of um, our area. We have four farmers that we purchase from. So I get to go out and see the cows and see the pasture that they're raised on. Um, the cows live a very happy life and have a stress-free end of life. The meat is used for selling to customers and then I get to use the tallow but um, it's the fat that protects the organs. Um, it's referred to as the leaf fat, and it's packed with minerals and vitamins. Um, it's amazing to use on the skin, but also amazing to like consume if you've ever like cooked with tallow. Um, it's amazing just all around for our body, um, inside and out. But it, the tallow externally, it mimics the oils that our skin produces. So it's readily welcomed by most skin types as um, something that doesn't clog pores. And many people have found that it works really well for reducing scarring and just brightening their skin and helping to achieve that glowy, nourished look. Um, it's a saturated fat, so when it's heated and cooled, it maintains its integrity. It doesn't go rancid as easily as seed oils do. Um, it's more shelf-stable than products made with seed oils. Um, and it's a product that I feel like is often wasted unless you reach out to the farmer. One of our farmers, actually two of our farmers, had never sold the tallow before. It was just tossed after the butchering process. So we get to kind of rescue that to make the whole butchering process more of a, a zero waste thing to use every part of the animal from nose to tail in some way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, I think it's this beautiful ingredient that dates back thousands of years and was used a lot until probably the 90s when vegetable oils took over. Even McDonald's used to fry their fries in tallow before the 90s when they switched over to vegetable oil. So I feel like it's making a comeback and rightfully so. It's a really beautiful ingredient. Yeah, I definitely think that more and more 
I was actually talking with a man at a like a craft show and he was telling me that he thinks more and more people are waking up and like realizing like what our grandparents and our great grandparents did like there was something to it like there's a reason that they did what they did like yeah like use tallow yeah yeah I feel like back then it was just like duh because how are you gonna get canola oil back then it was so much easier just to boil down the tallow fat and use it for everything and they reached for nose to tail stuff from animals and yeah I feel like it was just normal for them and now it's trending but in a good way no, for sure. I definitely agree. Okay, so one of the things about your shop that makes you really unique is you don't use essential oils. Um, right. And this is a hot topic because I know so many people that sell essential oils that use them religiously. Um, and we stopped in our family, like, oh, I want to say like six months ago, uh, just with the oh, wow. research. Um, I realized even in my business, because someone had reached out and was like, hey, did you know this about essential oils? And I was like, mm-hmm. no. And I started researching and I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's something maybe I should know more about. Um, and then I started switching to whole plant, which is I know what you do. And so, yeah, kind of talk about why you don't use essential oils. Yeah, that is a spicy topic. (laughs) Um, I feel like people on both sides of the spectrum are so passionate about why they do what they do, Um, whether using essential oils or not using essential oils. I've used them for five years. I started using them right after we got married. That was one of Johnny's gifts to me was a starter kit with a bunch of essential oils from a major company. I have always loved plants. I thought that essential oils were really cool because it was like the plant diluted into a little bottle and it was at my fingertips and was a big fan of using them all the time, everywhere, overusing them. And then I gave up on diluting, so I was like using them straight, which is a big no-no. But it wasn't until probably a little over a year ago. um, Yeah, probably the end of December, um, of, I'm not sure what year that was, 2021, 2020, um, that I started like diving into the other side of essential oils where people were passionately talking about why they don't use essential oils. And why I stopped using them is because um, a few factors, but one of them is that only part of the medicinal constituents in the plant end up in the essential oils. Um, the rest of it is like left behind in the hydrosol, the water part um, of the process, and that's usually tossed unless the essential oil company will use the hydrosols and sell them. But um, it just felt strange to take like thousands of pounds of a plant, distill it down into one tiny bottle, and then to have people use it liberally. Um, internally and externally and when I was pregnant with um our son Zane i my midwife was like um just make sure if you use essential oils you're not drinking them because one drop is equivalent to like 20 cups of tea and you never drink 20 cups of tea in one sitting and that kind of opened up my eyes to like oh wow that's that is a lot um yeah they're extremely concentrated and I think 
not really how our bodies were meant to um, take in the oils. There's the essential oil that is in the plant as a whole, and it's in the ratio that our bodies were meant to absorb it. Um, Like in the lavender plant, the percentage of essential oils in there is exactly what our bodies need. Um, But when you take the lavender plant and distill it down, you're concentrating that and kind of like overloading your body with um, too much, I think. Um, So yeah, we stopped a little over a year ago and now whenever I smell essential oils, I get headaches. My daughter picked up a bottle that we still had in the house and put it to her lips and she got a rash around her mouth and chin. It was like a burn. And so we have completely stopped and switched to whole plants. Um, That way the constituents are more balanced in the plant, in the ratio our bodies were meant to receive them in. Um, Yeah, and it just feels, it feels more natural. It feels like this is what my great, great, great grandmother was probably doing. Mm. Yeah. No, and I think we... Yeah, like, definitely with, like, grandparents. Like, I, they didn't have essential oils back then. They were using plants, right. like, the whole plant. Um, and I know another thing that you do with your shop is you have tinctures, which I've tried explaining tinctures to people, and they look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> so what are tinctures, and, like, kind of what are they used for? Um, yeah, simply put, tinctures are um, made from plants. I use fresh plants and alcohol. Um, and you pour the alcohol over the plants in a jar and you let them sit for six to eight weeks. And it kind of concentrates the plants um, into the liquid. The alcohol shatters the cell walls of the plants and just pulls out all their medicinal goodness. And after six to eight weeks, you strain it and you take it by the drop um so it's a very concentrated dose but we use tinctures for everything um my kids are working through coughs right now and so we're using mullein tincture so i took mullein leaves covered them in alcohol let them sit for six weeks strained them added some honey um in that process and now they're taking it and the mullein helps to like break up the congestion and help your body work it out um we take tinctures for inflammation we take tinctures for headaches um tinctures for uh stomach issues, sleep issues, um, yeah, you name it, there's a tincture for it. So are tinctures, I mean, you mentioned you give them to your kids, so, like, is there, you know, are they safe for all ages? I would say for the most part, for most herbs, tinctures would be considered safe. It's a remedy um, and a process that's been used for thousands of years to preserve plants um and the medicinal goodness the only hesitation i would have is with infants and tinctures probably wouldn't be the first thing that i reach for just because their mouth membranes are so sensitive and their little guts are so sensitive when they're first born they usually just need mama's milk um but if they're not able to get that then i would reach for a tincture um before I reach for any over-the-counter medicine. So in general, they are considered safe. The amount of alcohol in a tincture is um, 
one drop of a tincture is 50% water, 50% um, vodka. So when you add that up for a dosage for a child, it's the equivalent to eating a very ripe banana. The amount of alcohol that's in a banana is the amount of alcohol that's in one dose of tincture. Um, So another kind of veering off of the tinctures a little bit. Um, I had noticed one thing that you have in your shop is um, the wool rugs. And I had seen you do a little like Instagram post on that. And I thought it was so interesting. So I kind of wanted to ask you like to explain like the benefits of the wool rugs. Yeah, we carry we carry those in our shop. Um, I've been using sheepskin for <clears throat> three three years. So yeah, I sheepskin when before my daughter was born. Um, they're also a beautiful like byproduct that would be wasted in the butchering process when um, factories and farms butcher for meat. Um, yeah, the sheepskin contain lanolin, which is like the waxy substance that the sheep um, secretes, and that kind of keeps their fur um, waterproof and luxurious, really. So the lanolin is very medicinal and has amazing properties. I actually use just the lanolin in some of my tallow bombs and creams because it's just so luxurious for the skin. The skin just drinks it up. But um, <clears throat> wool has a frequency of 5,000. I'm not sure what that measures on the scale. <laughs> <laughs> Megahertz or something. Don't quote me on that part. But um, yeah, it's incredibly healing to the body. Sickness usually has a very low frequency um, and wool has a very high frequency. And so when my kiddos are sick, we lay them right on the sheepskin. The wool is temperature regulating. Um, so if your child has a fever, it can help to regulate their body's temperature. It kind of mimics what skin to skin does um, with mamas and babies. And they're so easy to keep clean. They're um, fluffy and so fun to cuddle with. And yeah, we love them. Okay, so my last question is, do what we put on and in our bodies affect our overall health? Uh, Do you think that women are actually infertile, or is it just the toxins and what we are being prescribed now? Mm. I would... Yeah, that's, I think that's like a tricky, nuanced question because people in the middle of infertility, it's such a sensitive subject. And when I was in the middle of um, walking through our miscarriages, at first I was like so offended that I could be putting stuff on my body that would affect my health. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's such a nuanced subject. But I think... Um, I think, yes, what we put on and in our bodies directly affects our health. Just like you put gas in a car and it directly affects the car. You put the wrong type of gas in the car and it directly affects the car. Um, I think that infertility is not a new thing. You can look in Bible stories and see women that struggled with infertility. You can look in historical documents and see women that struggled with um, barrenness and um, I don't think it's a new thing, but I think that it 
is becoming more common and infertility is rising at a really fast rate that to me makes me feel like it correlates with ingredients that we're putting on and in our bodies yeah no I definitely agree and I think you know you even brought up a good point with like the women in the bible because there are examples of that and so but like you said like the rapid rate and of how many women are in uh, like have you know pregnancy struggles and all of this or that miscarry a lot Um, there is something to it but that doesn't mean that every woman that struggles is necessarily like it's not necessarily a toxin issue like especially if they're living you know toxin free right yeah I think it's yeah I think it would be like a case by case for that but for me when I started looking at the ingredients in my shampoo and my conditioner and my body wash my hairspray my makeup um the clothes that I was wearing the shoes that I was wearing the air fresheners for our house the laundry soap the um, pans that I cooked with um if there's even just a little bit of toxins in each of those, which I would scan my hairspray and it rated like a 10 out of 10 on the toxin scale. So mm. that was no bueno. But um, <laughs> I think if we even have just like a little bit of ingredients that are really harmful to our bodies, we think, oh, it's just a little bit. It won't really affect us. But if it's in your shampoo and your conditioner and your sunscreen and your makeup and hairspray, then you're like slathering it on. You're like layering it on your body throughout the day. And so your body has a constant intake of those ingredients. Um, And if you're not intentionally aware of that and working to support your body filtering out those ingredients, I think that that can be a big problem. And most studies say that women use an average of 12 products on their bodies and 168 different chemicals in those 12 products. And some of those chemicals might just be water as an ingredient, but some of them are pretty toxic for our bodies. And so if we're more aware of that, I think that's when I guess I was surprised and shocked at how many things I was putting on my body that could be harmful to me. Yeah. No, I am right there with you. And I definitely know people that are listening have, you know, made some of those changes. Um, And it's a slow process and it's a journey. Like, I feel like people a lot of times are like, oh, shoot, I got to like throw everything away right away. Like, (laughs) and that can get really pricey. Like if you're tossing everything and buying everything brand new, like that is really no one can do that. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. I would I was wanting to like just toss everything when I started that journey. Yeah. Um but I just started replacing items as I ran out of them. So I yeah. ran out of hairspray and I switched to sea salt spray in a bottle and I ran out of shampoo so I switched to a bar shampoo at the the time and it was a much more affordable process um, for me and but yeah it could be quite expensive if you just overhaul your whole life yeah so I am sure that everyone would love to know where you are and like find your uh, Instagram and like your business so where can people find you um, my business Instagram is Wild Oaks Apothecary, 
And my personal Instagram is Rebecca Getman, um, which is also linked on my business Instagram. Um, we're located just outside of Madison in Wisconsin, and we have a little shop here that is not a storefront, but local people can pop in if they want to. Um, yeah, and I'm most available on those social media platforms. Well, thank you so much for sharing your heart um, and just, yeah, sitting down and talking with me. Thank you. Thank you for reaching out. Yeah. All right. You have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye. I have so much fun making these for you guys and interviewing different women. And so what you can do to help me out is leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Share this with all your friends and family as well. New episodes come out every Thursday, 8 a.m. Central Time. This is Elise Weathers, and this is Womanhood in the Rock.